The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's on this town tonight. Hey, welcome in to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We are live. It's Friday. Friday. It's finally Friday. The last football Friday of the season. Of I guess you could say the football season of the fall. It's Friday. It's finally here. Super Bowl Sunday. It's the last weekend. It's here. Dermy Lachey live here in studio. Carmen Lasseter is out. He's actually attending a fashion show. I know, right? What does he know about fashion? But he's there. He's attending a fashion uh, show that's happening this this morning. I'm um, going on right now out here in the valley. Even though it's raining, it's seriously raining out. But at the same time, I mean. I pretty much blame Seattle for that. Seattle has you Seattle Seahawks fans, you 12s out there. You brought the rain to the Valley, which, you know, we really don't appreciate it here. But at the same time, I mean, we'll take it. Still, the streets are crowded. And, you know, people out here, we discussed this before on the show. Um, many people aren't used to driving in the rain. So, therefore, it's a bunch of traffic already with the crowds being here for the Waste management tour, the PGA tour, the golf tournament with Tiger Woods and whatnot, the Super Bowl crowd, still some of the Pro Bowl crowd is here, and then a bunch of outsiders and NFL fans. So that makes the driving that much harder and that much difficult to get around town with the rain. So thank you, Seattle. Th- thanks for bringing the rain. But it's, yeah, like I said before, it's the last Friday. Super Bowl picks are going to happen also on the show. It's almost a sad day, you know, because. I hate to see football season in. It's the best time, in my eyes, best time of the year. It's, I mean, it's it's the only sport where America, you know, is known to play. The only sport that's played here in America is American football. And after this week, after Sunday, I mean, it dies down. You, now you got to start talking about oh, next season, next year, what's going to happen next year. It's a long time from now. Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, the 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 NFL draft is coming up, and, you know, you hear talks about the draft workouts, James Winston and uh, Marcus Mariota, all these draft picks, every, and the coaching changes as well. So, I mean, that's that keeps the upbeat part of it. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's like, God, man, it's, you know, now you got to focus on basketball. NBA season is here. And, you know, really the NBA game doesn't really pick up until the playoffs or, you know, a few weeks before the playoffs, the guys, the teams that's fighting – for those playoff positions, and, and you know the game of golf picks up, and then baseball comes around. But that American football, when football is played, those what sixteen weeks during the regular season, or seventeen weeks during the regular season, playoffs, Super Bowl, Pro Bowl. I mean, that's to me, that's the best time of the year for sports. I mean, everybody tunes in. It's the most watched sport here in America is football. Passing up baseball, you know, America's pastime sport. But baseball has been passed up, you know, by football with, with the sport 
of football. So, you know, to me, it's a very sad time, but it's also a great time still out here in the Valley. Last night, kicked off the Super Bowl kickoff party hosted by yours truly, Kwame Lasseter. It was a great turnout. Bunch of old NFL alumni, some current NFL players, live performances, uh, live DJ, and then the whole deal. So it was it was a great time. And Dougie B just now, he, he's making his way in, making his way through the studio. But it was an awesome time last night. I know we, uh, as a production, we were in the building as well, taking tons of pics, a lot of autographs. It was fun. And I had a great time last night. And I think they did well for the event that kicked off Super Bowl weekend. You know, that was just a startup. This this was definitely the kickoff a lot. Many more other events is going on tonight, tomorrow for the weekend. Like I said before, many of the time, numerous times. I mean, I don't plan on sleeping until Tuesday. And and during that time I'm gonna get enough sleep and then focus on the next thing. Dougie B, it's good to have you in here, man. Good to see you. Good to see you made it. <laughs> I'm gonna be going back to sleep here. here. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I just need like one of those hour thirty minute power naps. But that's all I need. How was your uh, How was your evening last night? You know, we was at their uh, Super Bowl kickoff extravaganza, I guess you could say, last night. It was good, man. It was good to, uh, especially for Kwame, have his, have his boys out there for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was a show that we kind of anticipated, but I think the rain kind of yeah. threw that off a little bit. But no, overall, it was a good, uh, good spot, man. Epic Twenty One putting it together. And uh, it's it was a good night, man. Let's good, put it yeah. that way. Yeah, it was a good night, and you know it was a bunch of old Cardinal alumni and um, other NFL alumni just walking around, and you know it was great just to see those guys, just to be around those guys. You know, hear the experiences. You know, them talking about bringing up old stories, their Super Bowl days and playoff days. I mean, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I think who else was in there? Like Jake Plummer was there. Jake Plummer came he, by. He made a appearance which I, I haven't seen that guy <laughs> since like Denver days honestly and you know it was hard to recognize him without all that that facial hair huh well <laughs> and we were joking around there for a little bit too um because yeah. I I noticed him and but I thought it was just a guy that kind of looked like him and then uh once once and that kind of went on a little bit more and then realized it was Jake so it's you know being an ASU guy it was good to talk to him a little bit about ASU days and um, just some of the stories between him and Larry Centers and everybody else that they've got, man. It's 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 fun to be around that here, you know, just some of the stuff in the NFL and the stuff you, you don't really see um, as a fan on the outside. You don't really hear. You don't really get, um, you know, I mean, these guys are just like me and you, except they played play in the NFL. NFL. Right. You know, and I mean, myself, you, we, you know, we played at, at a college level and just didn't make that last step up, but... It was a good time, man. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, man, I had it was a great a good time. time. I, felt, I felt at home. Yeah, like you said before, the rain, thanks to Seattle. I blame Seattle for bringing the rain, by the way. Yes. I mentioned that before. Always ruining something here. I'll see. Seattle's always <laughs> ruining, man. They, they, they know how to make their point, man. They know how to market themselves well, even with bringing the, the weather to the valley. But like I was saying before, man, it's the last Friday, last football Friday of the season, Super Bowl Sunday, coming up Sunday. Making them, you know, gonna make some predictions and, but you know, going into this game, I mean, I think all the uh, the media, all these stories, they're they're gonna start dying down. And yeah. today is definitely the start of the day where it's gonna be 
focused on football. No more Flategate, no more distractions, no more Seattle against the NFL and Marshawn Lynch. All that's died down. That was during the week. Now it's the weekend. Now it's Friday. It's, you know, this is it. Until, what, camp starting up, what, in August, July? That's the next too, time too we'll far. get to. Yeah, too far away. I mean, you know, we, we have the NBA picking up. You got the NBA. Arena football. Arena football is also going to pick up as well. Two-time champion Arizona Rattlers coming back. Yep. Tiger Woods back in the golf. Even no, though he's, he's not, not back in the golf. He's back in the, okay. You know what? He's back playing. He's back in yes. Phoenix finally. It's been about 14 years. And it looks like it's probably going to be another additional 14 years till he comes back because yesterday with him, I, th- I think it was what, his practice rounds yesterday? And, guy, you know, he's on like the 16 hole and, you know, guys are just shouting out things as well. A bunch of fans, you know, yep. doing what they did kind of like last time except for throwing items at him. I mean, they're ruining his game. And it was times where he had to back off the tee, back off the ball, you know, and settle himself, focus back in because the guy, knuckleheads are just out there yelling. Yep. It's like, man, let them be. Like, you don't. You, there's no one else you're yelling at when they're about to take a swing. But, you know, Tiger draws the biggest crowd. So, therefore, I mean, I think it's just nonsense. And then today, even though it's rainy out, Tiger has not started off too well to, to no. be in a tournament. Well, right now he's eight under par, and he's in like 130-something place. He's eight over, right? Or I'm sorry, eight mm-hmm. o- Yeah, eight over mm-hmm. par, 130-something place. Yesterday, um, threw up a snowman on one of the holes. And uh, non-golfers out there, that's basically you take an eight on the hole. Mm-hmm. And the the people at the 16th tee came when he was coming up and had ski masks on. Ski masks? Yes. Are you kidding? Yeah. What? And that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I, I can see Tiger leaving the tournament early. You're already that far down. The game's not on. And he, he was really happy with his game and – Beforehand, they were doing interviews and said he's hitting numbers that he hasn't hit in 15 years. So he was really excited coming into it. Right. Um, and I just, you know, I don't know if the crowd got into it, if just what. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's 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 definitely a uh, interesting Phoenix Open this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Milkelson's first shot, first shot went to uh, into one of the tents off the tee. Mm-hmm. First drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I don't know what's going on with these guys out there if the rain and the weather, but um, it's it's interesting to say the least. But yeah, if Tiger just he, he we'll see, we'll see what happens. Well, you with know, Tiger. well you know, last few times that we've seen Tiger playing tournaments, he's been pulling his name out early, or you know, he'll just. You know, he'll he'll just bag it in. He'll just say, you know what, I'm done. Yep. Uh, and I, you know, I get a couple more swings. And I'm not playing well. And I, I and I'm tossing it in. I'm throwing in the towel. Whatever. There's always next next tournament. Well, I think. Go ahead. And I, I really hope. And you know, he came out and said it himself. Like he he's gonna stop doing that. He's gonna play it through, see what happens. And that's why he took that time off. And you know, he came back and his. Pre uh, interviews and you know before the tournament had kicked off, you know he's saying you know I'm I'm healthy now mentally, I'll get back to it. That's just with playing in the game, not that strong mentally, but physically I'm there. And it's been a while since he's been there physically. You can tell um, throughout his swings, but now he's bringing in this new swing coach, and you know their mentality will come in more when you're 
when you're playing more. So once you're out there again, being in front of the fans, being in front of the huge crowds, you're gonna, you know, your mentally aspect is a whole nother level. So with all these distractions, and I would hate to see him drop in, you know, drop throwing the towel once again and be like, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm getting out of here early. I hate to see that because right. I mean, look, look at what he has done. Just here to the city of Phoenix, even though yeah, the Super Bowl is enough, but bringing Tiger Woods here is a whole nother level. And I would hate to see him just to, you know, uh, you know, just toss it in. But right now he's not playing well at all. No, I don't know if he can recover from it. If I don't know if he can make the cut, probably won't ha- happen. But I mean, it, 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 anything can happen with Tiger. You know, you've seen it. But at the same time, you haven't seen it lately. You know, what have you done for me lately, Tiger? You've been playing the way you are now, and then you'll throw the towel in. Right. And I would hate to see that happen again, over and over and over. You know, and. and- to be fair to Tiger, you don't have just him throwing in the towel. I mean, there's a lot of pro golfers out there that they hit that mark and they're done with it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. which is, mm-hmm. and you kind of understand that because there's no, there's nothing that they're going to be able to come back to anyways. So why are they going to go out there and continue to go down and when they can just walk away? So, um, I mean, it's it's just not Tiger, uh, but definitely definitely a shock as far as his game. I didn't think I was going to see him over par at all. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's it's looking right now. You've got um, as of as of today, um, number one Ryan Palmer, Bubba Watson, leading off right now, and uh, it's let's see here. I think forget one hundred thirty something. I can't remember. Let's let's look at it up here. Uh, Tiger Woods, one hundred thirtieth right now, eight over par, and just not not what you expect out of Tiger. But it's first game back, too. So, I mean, are we holding him to a little bit too much? It's just the expectations that he set right. set out for himself. I mean, it's just like Kobe Bryant going into the NBA Finals and only averaging about five, ten points. It's like, okay, right. he's going to the next game out, he's going to drop 30. You know it's right. going to happen because you've seen it before. But at the same time, it's, this is a whole nother Tiger. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is his first tournament back. But at the same time, I mean, it's still the game of golf. He hasn't played this course. Like, you know, I give Tiger some credit. He ain't played the course in about 14 years. Yeah. Things have changed. The weather. I mean, there's a lot that you can put in into it. But, I mean, Bubba Watson, you see him, he, he's doing well. Yeah. Even though he's owned this tournament probably for the last couple of years that Tiger's been out of it, he, he knows his he, – he, he shoots at that course a lot, even during his off time. He'll come out here to Arizona and play dang near every – almost every course here in the Valley, just in the Phoenix. And so, but at the same time, I mean, it's it's Tiger. You know, you're waiting for the, for him to, you know, just snap out of it, just snap back. Right. I mean, six bogeys. As, I mean, it's it's hard to you probably gonna not make the cut after that. Yeah, to start your day off, it's, it's going to be hard. But I've seen it done. He still has, I guess you could say, he still has time. But it's going to be difficult. I didn't see this coming. I no. mean, with with his. With his pregame talks, his pregame, you know, talking out to the media, I mean, he made numerous comments of, you know, I'm here, I'm back. You oh, know, yeah. he, you you could tell, like, a little, little old Tiger came back. And he said he felt like his old self. He said he felt 19 again. And, yep. you know, he made these comments. So I, I could tell by the way he was handling himself in the media. You saw his confidence is that, you know, that Tiger, the eye of the Tiger. You, you've seen it. And... You know, right now the play is, I don't know if it's the weather, if it's, you know, these guys, these douchebags running up and down behind them with ski masks. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, come on, it's the <laughs> golf course. That's, a, that's that's 
prototypical 16th tee at the Phoenix Wake, uh, Waste Management. Because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen to the 16th. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it gets crazy in there. And it's sad because a lot of rules have kind of been put in place um, for the, the, for the uh, fans and the spectators at the 16th. And you'll get kicked out if you, if you don't follow the rules. So mm-hmm. a lot of that, I think the golf PGA is trying to kind of get away from that big party atmosphere at the 16th. Mm-hmm. Because this is one of the few tournaments you have that gets this type of I don't want to say plebiscite. Uh, I can't even talk. <laughs> but uh, it's just you don't see the Augusta. You don't see the other tournaments out there that uh-huh. have that party environment. Right. And right, I don't know right, what right. it is about Phoenix, uh, if we just know how to party out here. <laughs> but it's just it's a different ball game with the tournament. And like I said, I, I just I feel bad for Tiger, man, because I really wanted him to come back out, see him mm-hmm. do good with everything that was happening. Yeah, it is a but, different party out here. I'm um, Coming from the Midwest, these people out here, man, the they know how to party. It's a whole nother level. But yeah, at the same time, to have a party going on on the tournament day, like it's, it's that's the first time I've ever heard of this. Um, ever since you know the tournament was beginning to start, everyone's saying, "Yeah, these guys, they're out there, they party while yep. the tournament's going on." I'm like, man, it's crazy. How you got a professional golf tournament going on and professionals out there? But it's the way Phoenix does it, man. And you got ten. I mean, you got numerous tents set up. You're just it's uh, the whole thing, just not the 16th. The whole thing is a party, right? It's just a party atmosphere, man. Well, I'll tell you what. We're gonna take a short break here, and coming up after the break, we're gonna keep track of Tiger's numbers in the golf tournament itself. Uh, definitely get into some football talk, some predictions as well, like I promised, and then some more NBA talk. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live, we are in studio. Demi Lachey, Dougie B. We making it in from a successful evening last night. And uh, you were making, you know, some comments that you blame some other people for the way we feeling this morning. Mm. But like I said, last night was a, it was a huge time. It was a great time. Got to meet a tons of people out there. A lot, a lot of, oh, like I said before, NFL alumni and hearing their predictions about the game and like some of the things that's going on, especially with the Seahawks off the field. And you know, you, you even heard some of the guys um, get into it about oh, the yeah. game. Oh yeah, and that was and that was the great, Passionate, you know, just man. to hear, Passionate. yeah, just to hear like some. Old um, alumni NFL guys, you know, get after it over teams. You know, they probably never cheer for in their life before, but um, you know, it, it was a great it was a great deal to be around and hear their uh, their predictions and hear yep. you know what they're thinking about the game and their wins and losses, pros and cons going into the game. So, I mean, that was that was a great deal. It's gonna be a good game Sunday, man. You know what I'm. Because here's the thing, and this is why I'm saying it's going to be a good game. Okay. We don't know who's going to win the game as far as the teams itself because there's so much, well, if Seattle does this or Seattle's defense does this, well, but if Patriots do this, there's so many different combinations mm-hmm. that's going to determine that game. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't know the outcome. Like, there's games that you can look at and say, well, hey, they're gonna, it's going to definitely be Seattle or the Seattle's got this game or, you know, Patriots, whatever the case may be. There's those games that you have. There's so many factors involved with this game. Mm-hmm. How, it's, to me, it's going to be hard to predict because you can say, well, hey, if Seattle, if they stop the run and if they get to, you know, like uh, we were talking last night, if Seattle's pass defense comes and forces Brady out of the pocket, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long game for New England. But you got a, a big what if there, you mm-hmm. know. And then on the other side, you you know you got to stop Gronk. Well, how do you stop Gronk? So it's interesting, just because there's there's that unknown factor that you cannot. I don't think anybody can come out and honestly say one team over the other is going to have the game for sure. Mm-hmm. In this in this game, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you know, we talk a lot about we talk on this show. We talk a lot, you know, what goes on off the field. You know, behind the scenes, give you a whole another different view of the aspect of sports. But yep. you know, go, going back to a little bit on the field right now, when in this uh, with before the game is Friday. You know, our last Friday before the Super Bowl. I want to get into some pros and cons. So, you know, what are some of the keys that you think offensively that Seattle can do against New England's defense? What what advantages do you see predicting going into the game? With last week's games and the way, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, and you know the way that the, the Seahawks got in there offensively, where do you see you know their advantages against that New England defense? Because New England defense, remember, 45-7 against the right. Colts, who was the number one passing defense in the NFL at the time, and led by Andrew Luck. Even though they had some injuries, you know, throughout the game and before the game as well, where do you see that that Seattle? Uh, Offense and what do you see that advantage or who has the advantage and what what keys do you see what what I don't think anybody has a clear cut advantage but with Seattle and their offense mm-hmm. you got to look at Marshawn if he runs his beast mode that's going to be hard to stop him um, but the other factor that causes you still have Russell Wilson you know if you stop him on the edge he can still let me let me put it this way 
You can't expect Marshall or uh, Russell Wilson to throw 300 yards and win the game. All right. So as long as Marshawn can run the ball, that's going to be the biggest factor for Seattle. Take that, take that shoulder, you know, the, the pressure on, on Russell Wilson of throwing the ball, you know, 300 yards, that's going to be a big factor right there. Mm-hmm. Um, if they stop Marshawn Lynch, which that's a big if too, right. is it's going to be, I think, the advantage for, um, for New England. But Marshawn gets in his beast mode. It's gonna be a long game for New England and New England defense. Yeah, well, that takes time for him. I really don't see Marshawn Lynch getting into the beast mode factor. You know, till around like that third quarter, early fourth quarter is when he really turned it on. And it's crazy because that's when teams actually slow down. But New England's defense—it's been two weeks, so they're 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 pretty healthy. They're pretty fresh. Yep. You know, they're not contacting each other in practices. They might get a little pop. Probably on like Wednesday or Thursday practice, uh, but you know they, these guys have been pretty healthy. They've probably been off the field a little bit and getting their bodies together, so they're gonna be prepared to go in that second half. They're gonna be ready to go. I mean, yeah, they probably do some conditioning drills, you know, to make sure they're they're there for the fourth right. quarter, make sure they can perform because Seattle's offense, you know, they they go quick. They call a bunch of quick plays um, when they want to, and then they'll they'll slow it down when they have to. You know, once you know they're up, they try to control the clock at the end of the game. But that beast mode factor comes in the second half. And you know any football team, any football player, any football you know concept of the game, first things first for New England's defense. And they said it themselves, Vince Wilford, defensive tackle, you got to stop the run. And yeah. stopping the run just doesn't happen in the first quarter, second quarter. It's that second half. Yeah, he could probably pop off for 120 in the first half. But if you stop the run and make these guys go three and out, then you can control the game. Um, especially the field of the game, field position of the game. Because if he's making these eight-yard carries in the second half, because that's when he turns into beast mode. Like, he will have about 40, 50 yards in the first half. Then second half, he'll have, like, some 80, mm-hmm. rush for 80, 90 yards, two touchdowns. That's when he's beast mode. So I think that's when you have to control the game in the second half for New England. You got to make sure beast mode doesn't happen third, fourth quarter. Because that's what happened with Arizona. Then when they yep. came here for the Cardinals, I guess the Cardinals when Seattle. And I say this, I bring up this game a lot because that was the last like live game I went to. And, you know, you just seen him just turn into a, a machine back there, Marshawn Lynch. He just turns it on at the right time. And, you know, he doesn't, th- he doesn't really do it throughout the game, such as like a DeMar- DeMarco Murray, you know, you'll see the whole game. But then you'll see him get tired throughout the game right. as well. Marshawn Lynch doesn't get tired. No. You see him pick it up even more. Mm. And it's like those carries he was getting for like one, two, three yards in the first half, he's turning into six, seven. And, you know, it's a game of inches, so it counts. Yep. And it, yes. You know? Yes. And I think New England can definitely keep up with him in the second half of the game. Uh, they'll have some type of, you know, advantage, especially in the field position-wise. You'll put the game more in Russell Wilson's hands. And I think that's what you want to do. Right. As a New England defense, you want Russell Wilson to beat you. I know it's hard to say because he's a, you know, Russell Wilson can do a lot of things at the quarterback right. position. But at the same time, I'd rather have Marsh, uh, Russell Wilson try to beat me than Marshawn Lynch any day of the week because he doesn't stop. Yep. And once he's, once he's in that zone, he's, he's incredible. Well, he doesn't stop. And you stop, if you stop Marshawn like we're talking about and you put the game in Russell's hands, mm-hmm. look what he did last. He was responsible for, for uh, four turnovers. Four. Mm-hmm. That's what New England has to do is put the game into 
Russell Wilson's hands and make him, like you said, we, we're going to make you Russell Wilson. You, you're going to beat us. We're going to take your big factor away with your beast mode, and now it's on you. Right. And I think that's going to be hard for uh, Russell Wilson to do and take that game into his hands without Marshawn Lynch being a factor in the game, and you saw that last week. But on the flip side, Seattle's defense? Yeah. Whew. I mean, I don't think— See, I was saving the best for last. (laughs) But just the almost in this part of it, in uh, talking about Seattle's offense and New England's defense. Yep. I mean, this is going to be – you already know what you're going to get from Seattle's defense and the Patriots' offense. You know it's going to be a, a dog fight between them. That's the chess match. The Patriots' offense coordinator, Josh McDaniels, against that Seattle Legion of Boom. Mm. I mean, that, that, that's what's printed on the walls. That's what's, you know, out here. You see Legion of Boom, you see Tom Brady and Gronk. We know that side. We can get to that in a second. Yes. But to cover up this, you know, this other part of the game that – you know, along with special teams, special teams play is a big factor. But, you know, a lot of people are, you know, I just want to see because a lot of people have been sleeping on what is Seattle's offense against New England's defense. Because New England, once they make the game one-dimensional, once they make the game into a passing game, it's hard to beat those guys. Like, if you're going to pass the ball against New England, it's going to be difficult. And Bill Belichick does a tremendous job with that. Yep. Even though Andrew Luck was, what, the total yards, I don't know, he had like – the most passing yards going to the playoff game last uh, in the AFC Championship game. Bill Belichick says, so what? He's going to beat us. I don't care if he throws the ball 50, 60 times. If, once I put my defense in a position, we're going to, you know, they're going to play tough. Darrell Rivas, I mean. You're not throwing to his side. No, not at all. And, you know, he, he pretty much shut down some of the, uh, that side of the field, especially guarding T.Y. Hilton throughout the game. Yes. Uh, in the AFC Championship game. And now you got guys like Doug Baldwin, Javon Kurz, or, yeah, yeah, Kurz, and then the tight end Wilson. I mean, that's I, I don't think those guys match up well against Darrell Reeves. No. I think Darrell Reeves is going to have a, you know, a tremendous day over there. Yeah, you could probably get him in some play action. and But, I mean, how often do you see Darrell Reeves bite on any play action? You rarely Rare. see it. You rarely see it. It's because he can cover so much on that side of the field that he's on. And, you know, he has his linebackers and safeties he can depend on. McCourty yep. is a – McCourty is he's, – he's great at his position, at the safety position. And he makes a lot of plays. He also plays like that nickel corner sometimes. He's great at what he does. So, it, I mean, I think you make Seattle one-dimensional on Seattle's end of it. Or on New England, you want to make Russell Wilson beat you. You want to make yep. him throw the ball. I mean, he could get out the pocket make some runs, but – I mean, New England is, is they'll find ways, you know, to handle that. Yeah. And they make them one dynamic. The only thing you have to do is stop Marshawn Lynch. Not just in the first half. He can I, honestly he can get off in the first half. That's fine. Yep. You find a way in the second half cuz you know what your offense is going to do. They're going to yep. hold the they're going to run the football as much as they can. And yeah, you're going to have to, you know, in in Seattle's offense, you got to get Marshawn go going to going into beast mode. For the second half, and once, like I said, once that occurs, man, it's it's lights out for any team. Well, Will Fork's going to have his, his his day, and he's going to have to get that front four pumped up to mm-hmm. stop that D. Absolutely. I mean, he's going to have to bring it. He's going to have to be that leader on that line mm-hmm. uh, to really get those guys together. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's going to be tough. Um, but yeah, I think we're all in agreement. You stop Marshawn Lynch. You've got a very good chance to win this game because you put the game in Russell Wilson's hands. Again, we're going to say it again. 
four turnovers. I mean, it, it's he's going to turn the ball over, mm-hmm. you know, and especially, I mean, make him throw that ball because especially Revis, if you throw it in his direction, he's going to make the plays. And even uh, Logan Ryan on the opposite side, he's going to make some plays too. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can stop the run mm-hmm. and if Beast Mode gets off or not. And that's going to be the hugest factor. I think we all can agree as far as Seattle goes is how do you win the game? You, you control Marshawn Lynch. Um, but it's just, it'll be interesting to see, man. And then, you know, like we said, as, as far as New England offense, how do you, how do you just score on that Seattle defense? Because mm-hmm. I don't think Blunt's ready for a chancellor. No. Uh, I mean, at the same time, is Cam Chancellor Earl Thomas, are they ready to tackle LeGarrette Blunt? Because that's 250 yes. pounds coming at you. And he's bringing all the 250. That And New England, New England's running game, I mean, they do a tremendous job with Josh McDaniels. He does a tremendous job calling plays, calling these um, schematics and bringing in, you know, double uh, tackles, bringing in more alignment right. and taking out, you know, tight end, taking out Gronk. Gronk does a tremendous job in the blocking game as well. And then they can bring in, like, an eligible receiver with, you know, as in bringing in an alignment, get him off the line of scrimmage. And, you know, they, they can beat you in so many ways. They have so many different, you know, uh, things they can throw at you. And yeah. then at the same time, you at the helm, you got Tom Brady. So what advantages do you see with New England's offense? I mean, I see LeGarrette Blunt being a huge difference. And, and then the other running backs behind him, I mean, they're playmakers without, you know, having to run the ball. They can, in the passing yeah. game, you know, they create a lot of uh, difficulties. They're going to create you know, havoc for, you know, that Seattle defense. Seattle's going to see a lot of weapons thrown at them. They're almost going to see themselves with – they don't have big-time names on Seattle's offense besides Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson. Compared to New England's offense, they don't have big-time names besides right. Brady and Gronk. So yeah. they're kind of going to see themselves, and at the same time, you got a Hall of Fame – future Hall of Famer and Tom Brady and uh, Rob Gronkowski leading the way. Then you got little Julian Edelman who's going to, you know, have his plays. And yeah. you got to keep an eye on him at, on on all times because he could take off, change the game anyway. So with that New England's offense, is it more of the running game or the passing game? It's it's going to be a lot of quick passes. Uh, and I think that's how you're going to be able to score and move the ball in Seattle is quick, quick plays. Uh, you still got. I mean, you still have Blunt back there, so you're going to have to run. Um, but I just I see, especially with Gronk. I mean, Seattle's defense they're going to key in on Gronk. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see Gronk do the stuff that he's done all season long. Um, they're going to, I think, move him around a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't put Gronk more as a kind of a. Uh, um, like a wing and a slot, like a wing slot, and just get away, and then bring Toby, um, um, their uh, Tim Wright, uh-huh. and get him involved a lot uh-huh. more because they're going to key in on Gronk. He's going to be more just that kind of outlet guy, and then Wright comes in and gets some stuff. So I'll be interested to see how they play that with the tight end. But um, I like I said I don't see Gronkowski being out he's a there. Big dude, though. He's a big guy, he's but a he's big a big guy. target too, and he they is. know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so is he going to have? The catches and the routes that he normally has all season long. I all don't I'm think saying so. is it's, it's, it's going to be pretty hard smacking the ball out of Gronk by just you know throwing your shoulder at him. He's not, you know, he's not Greg Olson. He's not no uh, like Gronk is a whole 
another specimen. He's quick. He's fast. You know, I've seen him open up on a few routes, and he has great, tremendous hands. I mean, he's a big target. And yeah. even you may be playing some great defense on Gronk, but he will body you out because his, you know, his body frame is so, you know, it's it's it's, it's huge. He's a big frame out there. So Cam Chancellor is going to have his day. And then the guy, Jeremy Lane, who's been talking a lot of trash, saying Gronkowski is okay. Yeah, we're going to see him match up against Gronkowski often because he's more of like that nickel corner package, the third corner sitting there and the, um, playing slot guys and tight ends. So we're going to see how okay Gronkowski will be. And then on Seattle's end of it, with their advantages on their defense, I mean, you just got to keep playing fast. Yeah, those safeties. I, I don't want. I hope um, Earl Thomas' injury doesn't hold him back. Cause I mean, him and Cam Chancellor, Cam Chancellor are the fastest, two fastest mm-hmm. safeties I've ever seen play football. Oh yeah. I mean, they, those guys are quick. One of the ones they, because they play that cover three, but they cover the flats and they come up and cover the middle so well. And you know, as soon as you get, you either gonna catch it or you are gonna get hit. And either the, when once that contact comes, you're either going to get up and make an, another play or you're going to drop the football and think about that drop, you know, throughout yeah. the game. And then they're going to let you have it. And they're going to tell you he's scared. You know, they're going to let him have it because they talk a lot of trash out there. And, you know, they back up with that cover three defense. Those safeties, they play so fast. They come downhill so quick. And that's why I see, you know, you got you have to find some way to get blunt some touches at 250 pounds. And, you know, keep just keep playing fast on Seattle's end of it. Yeah. I know, yeah, we got a few seconds before break. So coming out after break, we're going to, you know, finish up some more talk about the Super Bowl talk. Also get some predictions in, some final predictions. Um, it's Friday. It's the last football Friday. It's a sad, almost a sad day. But, hey, we'll be, we'll be back after we take this break. Listen to the Kwame Laster Sports Talk show. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Going global with gas is music, comedy, and life. And this Saturday will be comedy as two comedians will be joining me, and I'm really looking forward to it. Comedian Brett Ernst is going to be with us. You might have seen him on Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy Tour, and he's also an ex-server, so we're going to get into some Diner's Ed with him on Saturday. Also joining me will be comedian Jill Bryan. Very funny lady. Always a blast to have on in studio. And uh, by the way, both of them are cowboy fans, so I know I'll have to take it easy on the two. So join us this Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Right here at the voiceamerica.com variety channel. Oh, and one more thing. Last night I was watching cops and they chased this guy into this dumpster area that was fenced off. And we had a dog chasing him and like five other cops. So they opened up the gate to the dumpster and there he is lying face first on the ground. Everyone's looking at him and his only words were, What did I do? <laughs> really, what did you do? You're just kind of normally hanging around the back of a dumpster lying on the ground face first. What did I do? Yeah. This is a contest for the biggest idiot. 
which I nailed. We'll talk to you this Saturday, 1 o'clock Pacific time, right here on Voice America, going global with gas. Man. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the last segment, Football Friday, last segment, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. It's finally here, man, last last little go-round, last segment Sad, before the man. NFL season, it's over 2014 NFL season, it's going to be completed with us on air, when we come back Monday, we're going to talk about who's the champion, who's going to be a champion next season, prediction about next year, and it all starts all over again. Oh. But yeah, going in, you know, before the break, you know, we was talking about advantages and disadvantages throughout the throughout both teams. And, you know, we came up to the concept, you know, New England offense, you know, you gotta find a way to run the ball, but at the same time do a bunch of short passes. You know, yep. take advantage of that short game against that cover three yeah. defense. Yeah, and you you're not gonna go long against SEL defense. Uh, you know, Rich Trimmon, you don't you don't uh, as far as New England, you don't have that breakout top receivers. You mm-hmm. have Good receivers on your team, don't get me wrong. Right. You know, Edelman, you have Armandola, who's they're proven. But one-on-one against Sherman and that cover three, you're not going to be able to go deep. And that's why I say it's going to be quick, two, three drops, you know, slants, uh, some drag routes. It's got to be quick if you want to move the ball in Seattle as far as the passing game goes. Mm-hmm. So, and he hasn't done it since Pittsburgh, really. But I'm still waiting for Blunt to start fumbling the ball. You think so? <laughs> I'm waiting. Look what he. I mean, look what what was his mo back then? They don't fumble though. They don't because fumble it's a deflated football. <laughs> they don't fumble. You, in you, New can't, you can't pop a deflated football out. I think. Yeah, they <laughs> they have the least fumbles in the NFL this season. I'm just I'm just waiting. <laughs> they for don't. Them to they break don't turn out, over man. the football. They don't. They, they don't fumble. Um, Green Bay. You know, they really didn't have any turnovers. They just. You know, they just. I don't know. That game was crazy. And I don't expect to see Seattle's offense come out like they did against Green Bay, and not and play like crap for three and a half quarters, and then turn around for a half quarter, then fourth quarter play well overtime yeah. ball game. Now Kevin Kevin Gasman, you know, came out of his prediction saying twenty two sixteen New England over mm. Seattle. That's a great prediction. That I mean, that, that's, that, that's that's pretty solid. Because I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Because no, if it's high-scoring, New England's going to tear it up. With both these defenses, no. No, yeah, absolutely, no. absolutely. And mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, New England, I mean, Seattle's offense, you know, they're known to score. Once Marshawn Lynch gets going, exactly. and then Russell Wilson gets his play action plays going, and him rolling out, scrambling, finding guys deep downfield, wide open, it, it can, it could get up there. But I don't, I just don't see New England. I, don't, I just don't see the game period no. scoring that that high. And Demer, what have we been talking about this whole show? Or not the whole show, but as far as the Super Bowl goes, mm-hmm. from what I said in the beginning, how many different factors are we putting in there <laughs> for that team to win? That's what I'm saying. There's so much going on that it's it, you can't. I mean, you can put out a number and you can think, hey, this is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But there's just not a clear shot winner right now. Mm-hmm. There's so many different factors that's going to go on once that ball gets kicked off. Mm-hmm. Who's going to come out, you know, and who's going to perform, you right. know? I mean, it's you've got teams before that, well, even if you stop the run, they got the quarterback and the receivers that they can go for and, and vice versa. And it's just it's crazy. And I'm going to touch base really quick because Jeremy Lane made that comment about Gronk. Okay, yeah. 
I just want to see Jeremy Lane try to stop Gronk at 190 pounds as he rolls <laughs> over him. So, Jeremy, I understand we're, we're going to be talking smack back and forth because it's a Super Bowl. But that's not the guy I kind of want to talk, you know, about. Now, after the game, if he doesn't do anything, okay. But Gronk has still been Gronk all year. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it's... Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, I think, I don't know if Jeremy Lane was talking <laughs> from himself, but I think he was talking as a, he was talking as the whole legion of boom. Don't, it, you know, he's okay to us. He's not, you know, he, I, I hope he wasn't talking about himself, like him and Gronk one-on-one, because you, you, they're going to they're gonna play that cover three. Yeah. So don't expect man-to-man coming from Seattle, unless they might box in, do do you know some type of box coverage, some spy on uh, Gronkowski, you know, and you know they they did that a little bit last season, last year, last uh, against Denver. You know they came out and said, you know we played our cover three tops, but you know at the we had our linebackers and our safeties, you know, play a little spy on like Welker and um, you know who was the damn, who was the because um, Emmanuel Sanders wasn't there last year. But they said, you know, they played a little spy on Welker and Julius Thomas, uh, the tight end for the Broncos last season. Right. You know, they had their spy factors in. Also, and the pass rush. I remember last last year in the Super Bowl, Seattle's pass rush was incredible. Like, I've, you know, I watched them throughout the playoffs, and, you know, they played, you know, the pass rush was decent, but everybody looked at the Legion of Boom, their secondary coverage. Yep. When it came to the Super Bowl time, Michael Bennett, uh, Cliff Averill, them guys yep. stepped up, turned time. to a whole another specimen. I was like, they are in Peyton Manning's lap every play, yep. and I almost expect the same thing, you know, going against New England. But New England find ways. You know, Tom Brady's not afraid to change up the snap count. He's gonna, you nope. know, find ways to do Brady things. Exactly. He's diving at my legs. <laughs> you know, the Brady rule. Yeah, but that, you rule. You don't see Seattle going as more of a, and I know we we talk about that cover three that they run is, it's legit cover three. You don't see them going more of a man and putting, a, especially, I mean, look at it, the receivers like we've talked about with New England, not these all-star standout breakout receivers. Mm-hmm. I'd almost like to see them go with that man, uh, more of a man defense on the receivers and then put Cam up on uh, on Gronk. Because mm-hmm. I'm t- that Cam is 230-some pounds. I mean, he reminds me of the Adrian Wilson with the Cardinals back in the day, just that big, strong safety that can run, that can tackle, and can get in. And, I mean, Cam has speed. Mm-hmm. So put put a man defense on, put Cam on, on Gronk. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, he has the speed. He definitely has the speed. He definitely brings the power to the game. and But at the same time, I don't know if he has... The coverage tendencies as such like an Earl Thomas. Right. I don't know if he can change his hips to go straight man to man with Gronk because Gronk Gronk runs some great routes. Well, I then mean, run run a man free and and put Earl Thomas in the back uh, just as a deep. I don't deep know. Safety. New England will eat that up. I, th- I think if you go man to man with New England, they're they're going to eat that up because who's going to get the back out the backfield? I mean, they they got some quick linebackers with you know yeah. Maxwell and. They got some tremendous All Pro linebackers, yeah. so well, you'd probably have Wagner covering the yeah, and, yeah, line. Wagner, Wagner, who's yeah, he's, he's playing All Pro, yeah, him being an All Pro uh, linebacker, yeah, they, I don't know, I think if they will go straight man to man, it'll all be about New England and eat that up. 
they're praying for a man-to-man situation. But see, I think they're they're prepared for that three that three D. But I think if you've got Brady and you give him that time, he's going to eat the zone up too. He will. He can. But at the same time, Brady hasn't played this Seattle defense. No. Last time he played Seattle, they took a loss up in Seattle, and the difference about that defense then they were just coming together. They they were just you know these guys around the NFL town like oh. Well, you take a look at this Seattle defense. These guys are out there really playing. You know, these right. guys are pretty fast. Now, it's been about, what, two seasons? Yeah, it's been about two seasons now. Two. And they finally, you know, this Seattle team is now the defense. Yeah. So these guys, like I said, you play in the system for years. It's not about, you know, you were good back then, but now you, you're better because of the experience, the time that you put into this unit, this, you know, this project. The same thing I used to say I say about the Morris twins, you know. These guys are good. They belong in the NBA. But, you know, you find a group of guys to put together for quite some time. They'll learn the system to the point, you know, they'll be so confident nothing can touch nothing can test them. They've seen everything. They can play with more speed, more confidence, becomes more play better play. And that's the same deal that Seattle that New England's gonna go through. You know, they, they you know, you've seen this defense before, you've seen them numerous times on T V, but once the game begins, you know, the film shuts off. And, yeah, you might see some tendencies that you might know, but I don't think you can even predict, project, how quick this defense can play. So, you know, that cover, that three deep defense, yeah, Brady is known to tear up a cover three up. And I'll take Brady over anybody in the NFL to tear up a cover three yep. deep. But at the same time, this, this cover, I've never seen such a fast defense, you know, starting with D-line, linebackers can flow, and then that secondary is just incredible. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Dan Quinn, the D coordinator for uh, Seattle, if he really kind of tries to switch up a little bit, try to um, you know put some spies out there, try to just cover um, what he's really kind of doing, just moving around, try to get in Brady's head too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe look at kind of start off as a, uh, in a, in a man formation and switch out to the cover three, vice versa. I mean, it's if I was Dan Quinn, I'd be having some fun with this defense. Mm-hmm. You know, especially going up against Brady, because that's that's the other thing. How you're going to beat Brady is by by getting in his head and mixing it up a little bit. You know, but like I said, the biggest thing with Brady is giving him that time. You right. know, and that's I mean, you can almost say that about any quarterback. But if you get in and you know, the, I mean, that front four of Seattle's got to step up big too and put that pressure on Brady um, if they want to be you know really successful. Because anytime you anytime you play a zone. Mm-hmm. You give quarterback a time, he's going to find the open open receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to have um, you've got to have Michael Bennett. You got to have Cliff Averill. They've got to get in there and, like we talked about, be that that just that force up front, like they were earlier on. Um, because if not, Brady's going to eat that Seattle defense up as well. You know, whether they go man or zone. So Seattle defense. That's that's what I'm saying is a mm-hmm. big is a big thing is that front four mm-hmm. to put pressure on Brady. So, what's your prediction, man? What are you predicting? <sighs> Who you got? It's only one game. It's just one game, you know. And, and being a Cardinals fan, I I, I really want to go <laughs> against Seattle just because. Uh-huh. But then at the same time, you want to go NFC. But I like ASC teams too. So. Uh, with so many different factors going out there, we game. talked we, we're about. We're not asking it. for Vegas or nothing. I mean, it's because I don't. You know, it's it's hard to put it out there because we're not asking for right, Vegas. I'm gonna put it out there right now. Here we go. I'm gonna say New England, 
I'm not going to give points, but New England by four. No points. Come on, Doug. New England Come by on. four. There you go. New England by four. That's New England prediction. by four. Is yes. that, what is that? Like 28-24. Thank you. There you go. There we go. That's a good number. 28-24 New England. My heart is going with Seattle, but New England, they will always find a way. But I'm going with the Seahawks. I Ooh. think I'm predicting late field goal, maybe uh, late stop, 24-21 Seattle. It's going to be a good game. It's yeah. not going to be high scoring. I don't think so there you have it. Our predictions are in. There you go. It's finally in last game. Uh, Richard Sherman made some comments. You know, he's hoping that his baby, his baby son. You know, he's, it's around that time where he can't be born, and he made comments. Hey, just do your father one his first favor. Stay in there till after the Super Bowl. Stay in there. <laughs> don't come out early. Yeah, don't come out until after uh-huh. Super Bowl because I don't. Yeah, he he won't be able to make it. But I thought that was a great story to share. Also, wide receiver Gordon. You know, he's getting a lot of critics. You know, people are calling him a drug addict, you know, with the whole marijuana and drinking. Yeah. And, you know, they're calling him an addict. I, you know, I'm no angel. But at the same time, a lot of people aren't angels as right. well. So everybody has, you know, does their thing. And it's just how you come out from it. How do you, right. you know, it's how do you get out of that situation? How do you, what do you do better next time for you not to be in that situation? I don't know if it's the wrong place or wrong time with, uh, Josh Gordon, or is, is, is he really, you know, a, 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 an addict? No, you know, you don't know you're an addict he's until Johnny you Manziel. really can say it. He's a partier. You think so? You think it's, yeah. it's all party habits? No, yeah, for sure. Just like I like said, just with, uh, like, Manziel and the, the just that, I mean, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. And they're, if they're going to stick together on that team, they're they're going to party and stuff like that. But yeah. like we talked about on the show before, you don't have that older mentor per se okay to go with him and keep mm-hmm. him away from it and saying hey not tonight don't mm-hmm. do that stuff Let, let's get going that's going to help out josh Gordon. but it's hard to be around a guy for 24 hours oh it is <laughs> for sure but you can do it i don't think it's surround like, yourself with people that you mm-hmm. want to be around that's going to lead you in the right path yeah i don't and think really, uh-huh oh go ahead real quick really quick you let's put money on blunt's going to fumble once this game that's I'm my Vegas. That's my Vegas that. bet right now. <laughs> All right, you go to Vegas and you, you <laughs> let me know how that go. No, but yeah, it's last few seconds for we're about to end the show. But yeah, I mean, Josh, with Josh Gordon, I don't see him as an addict. I think he's just doing too many bad habits that yeah. he's used to, which is a habit, something that you're used to doing. He just need to quit some of his habits. Right. I mean, there it is. So yep. we'll be back Monday. We're gonna take we the will. weekend off. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy this. All this frenzy going around town. Um, we're going to be jumping around town. Dougie B, Demi Lachey. Thank you to Kwame Lasseter. Thank you to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you, hear from you all Monday. And hey, we're out. Have a great weekend. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.